Abby Hall passed me and was, we were chatting a little bit and she was being so kind. And I just like, I had zero energy mm-hmm. and like, couldn't even manage to kind of hang on to her. And I got to the top there, had to sit down and felt dizzy. And another runner came up and he even like, he collapsed. Oh, wow. um, it was just carnage. <laughs> there was another runner there. She was throwing up and laying down. It was just, <laughs> it was so brutal. Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast. With your hosts, Norman and Jody, discover the inspiring stories of the average and not-so-average runners. And they're off. Hello, Jody. <laughs> Hello, Norman. <laughs> Here we are once again. Here we are. Busy week. Yes. <laughs> Busy week. Talking to lots of people. We sure are. Mm. What's happening with Gutter Run Racing? Well, a newsletter went out this week. So if you used to get our newsletters, then you should be checking your inbox. And if not, you can sign up at Gutter Run Racing to get our newsletters. Mm. And it's exciting to see that there are some races on the Ontario calendar coming up soon. Finally, some are opening up, which is great. And we are hoping that we will be able to obtain permits from our venues. Mm-hmm, cool. Each venue is different and each municipality is different and they all have their own interpretations. So we're working our magic and with our partners to try to secure those permits so that we can bring you guys some news. Cool. Mm-hmm. And what's happening with we run, the, we run the North? We run the North. We're in the Maritimes, New Brunswick. Nice. We had a young fellow from New Brunswick actually ride the 10K and post it to Instagram yesterday. His name was Corey. Cool. And the park is the Fundy. Fundy, yes. Very (laughs) recognizable. The big uh, clay statue looking rocks in the coastline. Mm -hmm. And the Monarch Virtual still (laughs) fluttering away. (laughs) It is. It is. And there's still a few spots in the actual relay coming this September. Specifically, there's some 50k spots that we are really needing to fill. So if you're interested in that, check out themonarchultra.com. Cool. And who was on the podcast today? Well, it's Kat Drew. Nice. And who is she, you might ask? (laughs) Well, came across her name because she came seventh at Western States in 2019, which got her back into this year event. Right. And uh, upon further research, she's quite the Canadian, probably one of our best ultra runners. That's right. Yeah, so I can't wait to hear about her 2019 and what happened this year in 2021 and what's going to be happening next with her. Cool. Come on up. Hello, Kat. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. We first came across your name because you came seventh place at Western States in 2019, which you got you eight. back. Oh, sorry. sorry eighth eight place. place. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> eighth place. Demoted myself. <laughs> yeah. And that got you back into this year's Western States. But before that, you have quite the running resume. So let's first talk about how you first got into running. Yeah, well, I've been running kind of my like, well, since elementary school, but I didn't run seriously in high school. I wasn't a track athlete or anything. Mm -hmm. I actually was a dancer, but always kind of ran here and there. Like I did cross country in middle school um, and always kind of enjoyed running. 
but yeah, wasn't a, wasn't a competitive runner in high school or, or college or anything. And then when I moved to Vancouver, I'm from Vancouver Island. Mm-hmm. When I moved to Vancouver, um, I guess that was in 2009, I decided to join uh, the running room, their, one of their run clinics, because I wanted to run a half marathon. And I also just wanted to meet people in Vancouver. So I did a couple of half marathons and that was kind of like my max on distance. I was like, I'm never running a full marathon. That sounds <laughs> awful. And that didn't last. One of my friends in the running clinic managed to convince me to train for the full marathon. And then I did that, which was Victoria Marathon. And I think mm-hmm. I was about 35 seconds shy of qualifying for Boston. Was that your goal in that race to qualify? No, for- no. Just no, I was like, I'm only, I'm only doing this once, <laughs> but then I was so close to qualifying for Boston. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, you have to go back. And I was like, okay, I'll do another one. And then ran and qualified for Boston and did the Boston marathon. And then um, ran like quite a few marathons. Um, and it wasn't until I guess probably in 2012, I met my friend, Michelle Ford. Um, We were both working at a restaurant, like a fancy French cheese restaurant. And she was really into trail running. And so she, she took me out on my first trail run on the North shore. Oh, wow. And that's kind of where I fell in love with trail running. And we decided, we actually started a run club with her husband and another friend, Cody Callen. Mm -hmm. Um, We started Fraser Street Run Club. And through that, we decided it would be a great idea to do the Squamish 50 kilometer as our first ultra. So how much time went between you saying you'd never run more than a half to signing up for a 50K? Two years? That sounds about right. Yeah, that's good. That sounds about right. (laughs) That's a good slow progression. Yeah. 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 I think I maybe ran three or four marathons before I did the 50K. Yeah. But the fifth, that's Amish fifty k. That's that's no joke. Mm-hmm. So how did that? No. How did that go? <laughs> it went terrible. <laughs> I like at that point in my life, I wasn't really training seriously. Like for the, my first marathons, I think I maybe ran three or four times a week, and then going into that, the fifty k. I had started a new job and I think I was working two jobs at that time, one of which was in a restaurant working late nights. So I remember some of the training ones, runs I tried to go on for Squamish. I'd be working until 2 a.m. Michelle, Jesse and Cody would pick me up for an 8 a.m. start. (laughs) I remember one time we were planning some like 40K run on the North Shore and I just, I started crying and hyperventilating on a hill because I was so tired. So training didn't go well for the Squamish 50K. And then it definitely reflected in how my race went. I I was great for the first half and probably went out too fast. I didn't have any idea what I was doing and had no idea about pacing a 50 kilometer trail run. And then after that halfway point where you kind of leave quest university it all went downhill and i think at one point i was just oh maybe if a cougar comes out and bites my leg i'll be able to stop running (laughs) that would be a good thing (laughs) yeah that would be a good thing okay yeah (laughs) but yeah it was a pretty painful experience for the first one but i mean it didn't stop me 
No, clearly it didn't stop you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I assume then you hadn't really been doing the proper training in terms of altitude or hill training for that very first race that you would have liked to, or that you learned that you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, it was kind of more of a, oh, I guess this will be fun to do. And it wasn't, I didn't, wasn't taking it very seriously and trying to like balance two jobs and everything. It just, it wasn't really like a priority. And so, yeah, it hasn't been until the last few years that it's been a little bit more serious for me. Right. Well, three years later, you go and take on Zion. Hundred mile. Hundred mile. <laughs> was, was that your first hundred miler? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, it's an awesome <laughs> one. We are familiar with Zion. <laughs> so again, and you did exceptionally well as Zion, coming in first place, winning this thing. Tell us how that went from Squamish to Zion winning. Wow. Yeah, that was a fun one. Well, I had actually done the 100K the year before. And then we decided with our run club to go go back because we just loved the race and the atmosphere of the race and the the location of the race so much. I think we probably had maybe 15 friends come down and do everyone was doing different distances. So I went into that one not I wanted to do well. And I think I was had a little bit more of a competitive mindset than my first 50K especially considering I kind of knew the course from the year before and I Mm. got second in the hundred K. So I kind of, I was like, well, maybe why not go for podium finish? Right. And then kind of leading up to that race, the weather wasn't looking very good. And we actually didn't, they were sending emails a few days out being like, we don't know if we'll be able to hold the race because the rains were going to come and it gets so I don't know if you had any experience with the rain there, but it just like the mud gets caked onto your shoes and ruins the trail. I think we were there in 17, were we not? Yeah. So we, we heard all about, we heard all about it. Yeah. (laughs) We we got lucky. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was a little bit of rain, but it didn't come until the end of the race where it was just five pounds of mud caked onto your shoe. (laughs) But yeah, that one. I think I started taking the lead, maybe like a hundred K in or something. And I picked up my pacer who was pacing me for 60 kilometers. He had never run more than 30 kilometers (laughs) (laughs) because we had a little bit of a pacer shortage because so many of our friends were running the race. Of course. So I picked him up at a hundred K and he had, he had his grace pack on, but strapped to it. He had a Ziploc of pizza <laughs> attached to his pack. <laughs> it was Were quite you chasing hilarious. that? Were you chasing the pizza? <laughs> I should have been. No, but it was it was for him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any of the pizza until the end. But yeah, I think at some points we always joke that I I ended up pacing him a little bit because he had never run more than 60k. <laughs> it was a real team effort. But yeah, the last um because in the hundred mile, you do the loops at the end yes, through yes. from that one. <laughs> so those are tedious. And then you kind of head out for the last six miles. And <laughs> we had an idea that the second woman was kind of on my tail and you could kind of see headlights in the back, but mm. never really sure where they were because there were so many zigzags in that course. And then we were slipping because of the mud. And I was just like, Kayla was like, we got to go. Like, I don't know if she's 50. 500 meters behind me or kilometer like we just got a hustle and 
luckily she didn't finish that much further, but we, I managed to keep the lead on that race, but it was really exciting to come in first. It was pretty anticlimactic at the finish line. Cause it was raining and oh. it was, I don't know, 5am. So no one was really around, but it was fun. Take it from us that it's good that you finished in the dark because when you can see the, the finish, which is like you said, I think it's what 9k from the last aid station, you think you're there and you're not there and you're supposed to be rounding this corner and then seeing something and you can't, and you're like, when is this freaking race going to be over with? So the fact that you did it in the dark is probably a good thing. Yeah. And every little, like, cause all those little hills, you're like, okay, maybe I'll see the maybe finish be, line yeah, lights. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be there. And you're, they're not. And you're like, oh my goodness. When is this thing going to end? <laughs> I had signed up for that race based on the scene from the very first climb. So, you know, oh, yeah. you do that climb, that scramble up, and then you look down and you just see red clay undulations for miles. That's what I signed up for. But trust me, at the end of the 55K, I'd long forgotten all about that. Yeah, you're good to go. (laughs) Good to go. What about on on top of the mesas? How did you find that running on top of that rock? It was, I loved it. Especially, I think it was the second one that kind of was almost like running on on the moon Mm -hmm. Um, it was really neat and it was kind of cool that all because the three or four mesas that you do in the hundred mile they all kind of had different features and it's just so different than running in vancouver which is one of the things i love about traveling and racing was you just get to see this such such different landscape than what you're used to training on absolutely after zion when was western uh sort of on your on your to-do list. How did that come about? Because I'm curious because you got a ticket for Zion. Did you not? Did you put in the lottery for 2017 or? Uh, I didn't have a ticket for Zion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was just kind of a straight up registration. But our friends are the same group of friends. We had all kind of said if one of us could get into oh sorry yeah we did get tickets for Zion for Western States sorry so after that we said we uh entered we all entered and being kind of naive we're like we're like oh well one of us will get in and (laughs) (laughs) and then our we we said that if one got in then we'd all go down and crew and no one got in. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that didn't happen. But we all kind of were, well, if this ever happens, we'll definitely all go down. And then I didn't really think that I could get in to Western States through a golden ticket. But I kind of, I kind of started toying with the idea around 20, I guess, 2018, and kind of talked with my coach about it. And he was like, Oh, yeah, for sure. Go for like, why not go for a ticket and see if you can get in that way. I kind of looked at the options, which there were way more options at that point. I think there were six, five or six race options because Sean O'Brien was still part of it. But I decided to go for Bandera. Mm. Right. Because I think it it worked best with my timing and it kind of seemed that course would, was best suited for the kind of running that I like. Did you know who Um, would... Did you know who was going to be there that year? Because you had some really stiff competition. Or did you even know who they were? Because I'm talking about Casey Lichtai and, and Brittany. Brittany was there. Did you even know who they yeah. were? Hey, guys. If you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. 
Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Did you know the monarch butterfly is the ultra runner of the insect world? Covering over 4,000 kilometers every year during their migration from Mexico to Canada. Is that what they mean when they say the butterfly effect? That was a weird movie. We've launched the Monarch Ultra Virtual 10K. You can run, walk, hike, bike, or flap your wings virtually anytime, anyplace. You'll receive a beautiful two-sided medal featuring a stunning Monarch, as well as a custom neck gaiter, all while supporting Camp Kawartha in Peterborough. Our goal is to have 430 participants across North America, each completing 10K, representing the collective distance of the Monarch's migration. Sprint to GottaRunRacing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. Like at that point, not really, because I, I, I was kind of oblivious to what was going on. And then I was like leading up to the race. I was like, oh, crap, this is, this is a <laughs> steep, this is a stacked race. <laughs> I was just, I was like, okay, whatever, just, just do as best you can. And that's all you can do. Right. But I was super nervous going into that one. I was kind of, I think I had imposter syndrome and was just like, what the heck am I even thinking here? (laughs) Just, and then I, I just was like, Kate, just do your best and see what happens. Now, were Um, you, were you coached by David Roach at that point? You were. Yeah. 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 I've been coached by him since. 20, I think it was 27. Yeah. 2017, January, 2017. So, so he he wasn't getting in your head about who your competition was. He was keeping that away from you a little bit, I assume. (laughs) Yeah, no, he would never do that. He's just like, he's kind of a promoter of dream big and he puts belief in you. And yeah, he, he was the one who was, Oh yeah, you can, you can get in through a golden ticket. And I, I was like, "Mm, we'll see about that. (laughs) So he kind of helps with the confidence, which is, which is really great. Well, you and never know what can happen, right? On race day. Totally. <laughs> yeah, so how, exactly. So how did it go at the, at the, the overall experience of Bandera? It was really good. And one of the things I loved at the beginning, it was kind of funny because all the guys went out super hot and just like zoomed off. And then us girls, we ran together for maybe like I want to say 20 kilometers. There was a group of us, maybe 10 of us at the front who, and we just kind of like, we're keeping it easy and then mm-hmm. chatting and just having like a really great time. Mm-hmm. And then it obviously kind of naturally separated. Um, in that one, Bandera, they had to change the course mm-hmm. two days prior to the race because of flooding, but it was still two loop course. And it was very comparable course to what it was supposed to be, but it was super obviously super rocky. And I think I made a bad shoe choice. And so halfway through the race, my feet were really, really hurting because the ground was so hard. Mm. I was like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't going to end well, but (laughs) luckily that kind of disappeared and it started off really cold. Like I think it was around zero degrees Celsius. Wow. Um, and then kind of got, there was a huge fluctuation in the heat, but Mm -hmm. it never really bothered me. Yeah. And I managed to come in third which I, I was really surprised. Obviously I wanted to come in top two to get that ticket, but I was also really stoked on being able to place third in that field. Yeah. Right. So that, that's a huge confidence boost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even, I think I said to my partner, Jeremy, after that, you know what? I think I'm going to hold off on any more golden ticket races. Like that was so stressful. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to do another one, but then 
my coach, David was like, you know what, if you can try and get to canyons in April. And I was like, okay, like may as well try. <laughs> and that was only a, that was only a few months later then. Cause Bandera's yeah. like January, January, January. Yeah, January. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So, so I really front loaded that year with races. <laughs> <laughs> you still really were trying to get to Western maybe not through the canyons, but you'll get, you're trying to get there. It's basically what you're saying. Yeah. But, and when, after Bandera, like I said, I was, I was kind of like, oh, well, maybe we'll put this on hold. And then David was, no, if you can try and get, you can do it this, this year, you're fit. Why not? If you can get to canyons. Right. Mm. So you had mm. to do some speedy recovery in order to, to be well enough rested and prepared to get into canyons at that point, I would think. Yeah. And yeah. I did, I, I did check in at that year as well in March. Oh. So just oh, wow. another race, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, luckily canyons was at the end of April. So I kind of did a quick recovery and then ramped back up, got in some solid training weeks for canyons. Now canyons um, is a completely different race altogether than Bandera. Now you're, you're dealing with canyons, <laughs> elevation, <laughs> and climbing, then, and then heat. heat. Heat, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, tell us, how did you feel about going into that race? I felt quite nervous again. I felt pretty confident with my training and fitness levels, but I don't think I was as nervous going into canyons as I was for Bandera. I think I was like a little bit more relaxed and just thinking, okay, well, just do it, do the best you can, and see what the outcome is. Mm. I really wasn't expecting to win that. And then, yeah, Kim Magnus, yeah, the other Canadian and I, we, we shared the, basically the first 50 kilometers together, wow. which was really cool. Cause we both run solo run races by ourselves. And we were like, well, this is awesome. And we said to each other, uh, probably maybe a quarter way into the race. We're like, oh, this would be so awesome if we snagged the two golden <laughs> tickets yeah <laughs> and then so you kind of do two out and backs on what you I think they changed the course but you use yeah you do an out and back and then another out and back and then we kind of drifted apart but I I managed to see her as I was coming back from the the last out and back and she was in second and she was really sick oh. but I was just like keep going like we're gonna we're gonna do this and yeah we both managed to to snag those golden tickets and it was kind of unreal like I just I really going into that had no idea what the outcome was going to be and I definitely did not think I was going to win that race right um, and it was really cool coming into the finish line and getting the golden ticket <laughs> well all, all you had to do was just lock arms with each other and nobody else pass <laughs> exactly <laughs> so was it hot that day then in the canyons yeah 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 and um luckily at that point in april i'm heading uh for the second out and back down through cal street and out towards the recce chucky aid station there were still a lot of creek crossings that were flowing so mm -hmm. Luckily, there were lots of times and opportunities for river dips and like getting your hat wet, but it, almost instantly after you got your hat wet, you were dry. Wow. But yeah, it was, it was a hot day. Hmm. Running part of Western States course now with the canyons. How was that now saying, okay, I have to remember this section. I have to remember that section or whatever. Yeah, that helped so much, especially, uh, 
in the 2019 race. And like, I'm coming up to those points. I was like, Oh, I've had experience on these, this part, like at least coming, doing it out and back. So I knew what to expect. And I like in races knowing what to expect. And so that, that helped. And and especially because those are especially coming out of the canyon up to Michigan Bluff in Western States, that's mm-hmm. a long climb. Right. So just knowing what was ahead yeah. was really, really helpful. I bet. Mm-hmm. So then between April and now Western States of 2019, were you just training or did you slide a few more races in? No, I did this really, well, Kim and I both, um, <laughs> before we got our our uh, golden tickets. We had committed to team Canada for the world trail championships Of course, at the beginning of June. Cause like, why, why not cram it all in? Um, and so we flew at the beginning of June, we flew to Portugal for oh. three and a half days. Um, <laughs> That's quick, which yeah, that did not go well. <laughs> Kim, Kim did really well in the race. What was the name of this race in Portugal? It was the world, the world trail championships. Was it Madeira? So, no, um, it was, it was in Coimbra, Portugal. And yeah, it's part of the, the ITRA. Okay. Um, That's yeah. the same one that Elliot Cardin must have done. Yeah. Oh. He was there. Oh, there okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We yeah. had it. We interviewed Elliot. Yeah. 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 He was there with us. So it didn't go well for you then. <laughs> No. And I think in all honesty, I just was um, laser focused on Western States. Mm. And I had, in addition to running a lot of races that year, I probably had my busiest year in work crammed in that same time period, like January to June. So I was like kind of mentally exhausted and I, the race wasn't my style, style of race. Like it was a lot of climbing and right. yeah, I going out into the I was just, oh, I just, it was just kind of a get this done. And I, I don't like flying. I thought I would be fine and I don't sleep on planes. So I was just exhausted. And with the time difference, it totally screwed me up. So yeah, it just, it was beautiful, but it was just a silly thing to do. (laughs) Was that your first (laughs) time racing with Europeans then also? Because no, I did that. I went to the worlds in 2015. 2017 as well. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, so yeah, there are monsters over there. <laughs> <laughs> you sure are. Just zooming by and yeah. That's their playground, right? That's their it playground. sure is. Yeah. <laughs> and so many of them had been to this, the trails and had been practicing and yeah, yeah and no jet lag for them. But <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a fun experience, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend doing that three, three weeks out from Western States. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk about Western States 2019. I guess mm-hmm. now you're you're back into California, and you had a great day that day. Mm-hmm. So all the chips fell into place. everything <laughs> fell into place, and, and and of course your coach knew that all along, right? David know, yes. knew that all along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us, take, take us through uh, that day, that uh, Western States 2019. Yeah, that was a that was a fun one. I I went in definitely wanting to do well and had goals. I was, well, it'd be amazing if I could place top 10, but I also wanted to go in with the mindset that it's just a celebration to run this race. So if, if my goal wasn't being met, then who cares? Like just enjoy the day. Right. Because 
of all the effort it takes to get there. Yeah. I didn't want to be disappointed if that wasn't happening. So I, but I did definitely was okay. Like my A goal is to get in top 10 so I can maybe come back the next year. Right. So yeah, going into that, into the day, I think I was maybe in like between top 10 and, or like between 10 and 20th place for the most part. And then kind of coming into, coming into Forest Hill, um, a bunch of us came, women came in together and it was between, let's say like eighth and 10th all came in together. Mm-hmm. And then I got to pick up my pacer and I was feeling really good. It wasn't a very hot day. Things were just going really well in the first hundred I always feel weird saying the first hundred K of the, <laughs> of the course, there were definitely some hard parts. Um, this portion called devil's thumb, uh, you kind of hiking out of that. And I was like, Oh goodness gracious. Like this is, this is not going to end well, but then you just, you have the highs and lows or was, I was having the normal highs and lows that you do in a hundred mile right? where you feel great at some points and terrible at some points. And then, yeah, I picked up my pacer, my first pacer, Jesse Forest Hill and he just kept me moving through to Recky Chucky. And when we got to Recky Chucky, we heard that um, Courtney DeWalter had dropped, had um, because of injury. Right. So I think at that point I was, I was in eighth. So I was like, okay, like I had the motivation to keep going and my pacers just kept me moving. And I knew that um, ninth place, like I had a good buffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And managed to come in eighth in the end. So that was really exciting. What part and... of the course is was new to you now? Because there's a section that the canyons does not do. It was at the, I guess, yeah. the beginning of it, right? Um, that's kind of like the middle from maybe kilometer, let's say 75 to 130-ish. I hadn't done the first part of the course on right. um, the first 70 K of the course in the high country, um, which is just stunning, such a beautiful place to run. Mm-hmm. And then after Rucky Chucky, and um, I hadn't done any of that leading into Auburn, which is also seems like a beautiful part of the course. I, I did it in the dark, but it's <laughs> this beautiful, like single track flowy trail. I'd love to go back and just run it by myself one time with no race pressure right cool Mm -hmm. so you came in eighth place overall so crossing the finish line what was that like eighth place and you're going back (laughs) surreal yeah yeah it was totally surreal and my friends were there and I when (laughs) when I came in onto the track I thought it said I thought I had seconds until it said 19 hours. Right. So, but I actually had like two minutes. I just couldn't read the clock properly. And so I was sprinting so fast towards the, <laughs> the finish line because I wanted to come in 19, under 19 hours. And then I, when I got there, I realized I was like, oh, I had two minutes to get there. <laughs> um, so it was like, <laughs> look, I looked, I looked kind of silly at the end, but yeah, the, the finish line was quite quiet at that point because it was a maybe midnight. And at that point, the, the field is so spread out. Like I think the next person came in an hour after me, um, oh, wow. but all my friends were there. Like I had eight friends come down from Canada to pace me and crew me. And yeah, it was just, it was such a special moment. I don't think it really hit me until later. Because at that point, you're so exhausted. I had to go and do a drug test too, oh, um, which yeah. took like two hours. Oh, so wow. yeah, it was, yeah. And then the next day they do the award ceremony where you get to, they bring the top 10 up and it really hits you there where you're like, oh, 
this is so everyone's wondering okay then who are you all of a sudden like <laughs> You're a fresh face in the ultra community as far as Western states goes. And uh, is everybody wondering who you are? Maybe. I think I was the only person up there who, in the top 10, who was unsponsored. Yeah. And I think, yeah, at that point, definitely people are kind of a little bit more curious on, um, oh, who's that person? (laughs) (laughs) She's from Canada. (laughs) Yeah. Kat from Canada was my, my name. You definitely like, it's. I don't think I got like a ton of attention, but yeah, there's definitely a a few more eyes on you when you get top 10. Was any of your running group from uh, Vancouver, has anyone at this point, up until this point, gotten in through the lottery or were you the first to? Yeah, I was the first. Awesome. So some of, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, so that my friends, the original group, Jesse, Michelle and Cody, who had kind of done that pact, and um, they all were able to come down and pace and crew. So that's awesome. That so at least they got special. the they got the experienced, same as you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just curious how how did Kim do that day? Uh she she had some tummy issues. I think she she still like came in. I think around twenty hours or twenty two hours. I think, and I think she was around twentieth place. So. Yeah, but I know at the end she definitely struggled with some some stomach issues. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're just gonna go back in 2020. And then yeah. the world the world said that ain't happening. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> how did you how did you deal with 2020? The disappointment. Just generally 2020. <laughs> how everything just shuts down. How yeah. Um, it was tough. I think especially coming off of Western States in 2019 and kind of gearing up for a really exciting year of races. And then that just kind of falling apart slowly Mm. in the beginning as the pandemic worsened. I really used running as a tool to manage mental health, in all honesty. Like, I still trained with my coach and had a pretty strict running schedule, but I think that helped because everything else was just chaos and having this running schedule and going out in the mornings every day and just maintaining that really helped helped me stay in line and grounded I guess. Um, yeah grounded yeah, yeah grounded it really did I didn't have any desire to really do any FKTs or mm. virtual races I just kind of did my training and like my partner and I did a, a bike tour at one point in the summer and I just didn't worry about running and tried to take a break from that really intense training mm-hmm. knowing that I would be gearing up hopefully in 2021 to like do intense training for Western States. So yeah, just trying to give myself that break. So I was ready to really go for it when right. um, the races were coming back. Right. Cool. You felt then pretty good going into it then your training's done and, and, and you feel like yeah, you're going to repeat 2019. Is that what the feeling was? <laughs> hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Have you checked out our virtual series yet? We Run the North. Celebrating Canada's national parks features a total of 13 10 kilometer challenges, one for each province and territory. How many national parks can you name? Well, there's Algonquin, and then there's Banff, and then that's it? 
Anyways, medals that connect, license plate style bibs, and cool swag can be yours. Visit GottaRunRacing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. Yeah, I was really feeling really confident with my training block. The points that were giving me anxiety was the heat training. Um, no saunas in Vancouver were open. So so then at the start line and then you started the race and then you how did things go? Because it's I'm just I don't want to say things went south because you still did pretty good. Yeah. So but but, it, really, <laughs> but what really happened out there? Yeah. So I started, well, one thing I, I woke up with a headache, um, in the morning. I don't know if that had to do with elevation or like tight muscles. I'm not sure. So that wasn't a great start. (laughs) I was also, this plays a huge part. I was running at a point in my cycle, um, probably like the worst day I could have been running in terms of I get really emotional PMS. And so it really affects my mental state. There's nothing I could have done about that. I knew that it was going to be an issue leading up, but I was just like, okay, just, I was doing whatever I could to try and manage that, but there's not a ton you can do. So (laughs) I think like my mental right from the get-go with the headache, I was just I was just thrown off and the beginning went really well. Like you hike up the the ski hill and once you get over the ski hill, you're just in this beautiful Alpine backcountry, and the sun's rising. And, and I was running with a couple women at that, that point. And then we, which was, which just makes it so much more fun when you're running with people. And then we just kind of had naturally separated. And then I was just by myself for until a hundred kilometers. I kind of came across people here and there, (laughs) but yeah, it's like a long time to be in your head struggling. And then I just, I just was breaking it down into chunks and being like, okay, I get to see my crew in this many kilometers and was really trying to avoid thinking how much further I had to go and going into Robinson Flat, which is about 50 kilometers in, even just the slightest uphills, uh, my heart rate was through the roof. Mm. Um, so I was just hiking, which I did in 2019 as well, but it just seemed so much harder in the heat. Right. And I saw my crew there. It was just, I think I was maybe in 11th and was still feeling like pretty confident and, and was like, okay, like I, I feel confident that I can move up and still really early in the race and then after that I think <laughs> the the wheels kind of fell off <laughs> my my heart rate I was just like I couldn't control it and it was getting to be really the heat of the day and that's when you go into the canyons and hiking out of devil's thumb normally I'm like pretty good with just like moving forward and if you have to hike like I still feel like I had some have some power but right. coming out of that climb Abby Hall passed me and was, we were chatting a little bit and she was being so kind. And I just like, I had zero energy mm-hmm. and like, couldn't even manage to kind of hang on to her. And I got to the top there, had to sit down and felt dizzy. And another runner came up and he even like, he collapsed. Oh, wow. um, it was just carnage. <laughs> there was another runner there. She was throwing up and laying down. It was just, <laughs> it was so brutal wow. and then a bunch of women came up Casey Lichtig and Magda Magda they came up and looking fresh as can be and <laughs> ran off and then leaving there I came going into the other set of canyons 
I came across a runner. She, this was her seventh time running the race or something and her quads were just not working. And we kind of fell into a little bit of a pity party where we were just (laughs) like, Oh, like we're not enjoying this. And she was going to drop at Michigan bluff. Mm. And then I was kind of like, Oh, like, yeah, this kind of (laughs) sucks. And then she was, you know what? I think you need to, you need to go because she's, you're, you're good. Keep going. You've got this. She's like, I've got nothing to prove. I've done this seven times. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll continue on. I, I need to get out of this kind of pity session. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then finally made it to my crew and was felt a lot better. Um, and knew like, and I knew I was like, there's no way I'm dropping this unless I have to, I, I, there's, I have nothing against DNFs, but I knew for me, like, I didn't really have a reason to DNF. Like I wasn't sick. I wasn't injured. I was just having a tough day. Yeah. I knew that it was going to be a a struggle to get to the end. Were you keeping Um, food down and hydrating? Okay. Or was that a bit of a problem? After Rucky Chucky, finally, um, I actually was able to get sick. And then after that, I was able to get some ramen noodles in. So that definitely helped, but it's, it's hard to eat when you're that nauseous. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you, after all this ordeal, and you finally hit the track, mm-hmm. how, did, <laughs> how did that feel? <laughs> A different. You didn't sprint this time, did you? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> but my, um, it was quite funny because Jeremy, my partner, he picked me up at Painted Rocks and ran with me for the last 10k. And he's, um, he was, uh, like cracking the whip on me. He wouldn't <laughs> let me stop. And <laughs> he's just like, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna walk for 30 seconds. He's like, no, we're going. And I could run. Um, it was just I felt awful. But he, I think, knew that the 24 hour cutoff was coming up and. <laughs> we were out here for much longer than planned. So yeah. And then as we were coming up to Roby point, this guy ran past us and we were hiking up the hill. It's quite this steep exit to the neighborhood. And he was like, you gotta run. Like, there's no way you're going to make the 24 hour cutoff. If you're walking, unless you're walking the fastest walk of your life. (laughs) And I was just, Oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Um, And I looked at my watch and I'm like, wait a minute, we have, we have like half an hour to do a mile. Like I think I'm walking fast enough, but then you get to the the neighborhood and you have about a mile. And so we yeah. were what felt like laying the hammer down. I don't think we were actually going that fast, but <laughs> um, yeah, once I hit that track, I was just so grateful. And it was kind of funny because none of my crew were there because I ended up doing that last section much faster than I had actually been running. So uh. Uh, <laughs> it was Craig Thornley, the race director was there and he just like <laughs> gave me this funny laugh. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was such a doozy. But then we just collapsed on the, on the turf after and I just, oh, I felt terrible, but <laughs> I'm so glad that it was over. And I was so happy that I didn't drop. And yeah, I, I was going to ask you, what did you learn about yourself? It was just really cool to see, not in, not in the moment, but afterwards to see how you can push yourself mentally and see like what you can get yourself to do. Right. Even when you're feeling that terrible, like, yeah, I'm proud of that. I'm obviously disappointed in some ways with how the race turned out, especially how I was hoping it would go. But I'm also, like I said this, I think in my post that I'm, I'm grateful to have the experience in 2019 that went so well and getting top 10, but then also this experience that was just a a different level of suffering. 
because I've never had a race like that before where it was really just okay like get through this and (laughs) adjust your goals and um, push yourself so you definitely worked on your mental toughness in this one which is as we all know getting to a start line it's the mental that then takes over yeah. the The body's already there. It's already worked. You got to mm-hmm. tap into the mental. And if you've never been pushed to that limit, then you, you kind of feel like something's missing until you get to that. And then you're like, well, I did it at Western so I can do it again. Mm. So now you're yeah. fully equipped to deal with that the next time it happens, which hopefully it won't. And how did the conversation go with uh, David after you crossed he was super stoked. Like he had a few athletes, he had athletes that did really well. Like he had a guy come in, I think his athletes came in second and third. And then he had a woman come in fifth, like he had 10 athletes there. And then he had me and the fellow I talked about collapsing at devil's thumb. Like that was one of his athletes. So we had a wide range of athletes and, and they did a a podcast and was kind of like, yeah, your bad days are just unlucky. Mm. Like we all went into it trained and ready to go, but you can, you control all you can control, but there's so much that you can't control. And we actually wanted to ask you, when did you become a coach and, and please plug your business and tell us, tell us a little bit about that. I um, picked that up. Like I kind of been coaching some friends for a while, like in 2018, 2019. And then I, started picking it up a bit in 2020. And then it really took off uh, to my benefit in in spring 2020. So um, yeah, I've been working with and it was great, because it was a great way to maintain connection with people through the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. I have people in the States and Canada. So yeah, it's been really great working with people. And I do kind of like a wide range of people training for 100 milers, and then also people doing halves and and 10ks. So um, yeah, that's awesome. It's, and where can people find you? And what's the name of your business? Business. My business is Cat Drew Coaching. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so I have a website, catdrew.com, or um, on Instagram, which is Cat um, Drew. Perfect. Cool. All right. Yeah. And yeah. Will you go back to Western States or try to get back to Western States sometime? During the race, I was like, um, I was joking that the finish line was going to be my retirement party um, (laughs) and that I was never running Western States again. I was never running again, but a week and a half out, a hundred percent would go back to Western States. I don't really know what my race schedule is going to look like in the future, but yeah, I'm not done yet. So (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to go back. Any Mm. other bucket list races? I mean, I think I'd like to do UTMB at one point. It's not really my style of race but it's just mm. such a iconic race and um, mm. i would i would like to or maybe even the shorter version ccc or something right. like that so right. cool we'll That's, see yeah that how could you not right like you were <laughs> I know. describing the the scenery at western i think it's times 10 at utmb <laughs> yeah yeah so i still like i still mentally i'm not really ready i think i need to give my mind a little bit of recovery after that experience at western but i'll be signing up for stuff um, in the near future <laughs> for well, sure we're going to be looking out for you massive congratulations yes. and thank you so much for joining us today yeah. we like to yeah thanks so much for the chat we like to finish our podcast with a, a couple rapid fire questions, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay, let's do it. I'm terrible at these. <laughs> All right. 80s or 90s music? Uh, 90s. 90s. Do you have a tattoo? I do. Yes? Just one? I have two. 
Two. Oh, you have two. Okay. Yeah. Butter tarts or Nanaimo bars? Ooh, I think butter tarts. Okay. That's going to be controversial in your home province. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, another sport you'd like to excel in? I just started open water swimming. So I'd love to, um, wow. I'd love to do more of that. Wow. So perhaps triathlon down the road? No, no. <laughs> maybe just, maybe just swim run. <laughs> okay. That, that exists. Uh, name a food you could eat for a week straight. Bread. Bread. <laughs> or cheese, 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 bread and yeah. cheese. Yeah. <laughs> That's its own food group. Um, if you had to choose between the dread mill or a minus 20 run, which I don't think you get too much opportunity to run and which would you choose? <laughs> Probably minus 20. You would, you would prefer to do the minus 20 over the treadmill? Oh, yeah, I think so. Interesting. Okay. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Dark, for sure. And obviously you don't like flying, as you've mentioned, but if you could fly to your, what's the first destination you would like to go to? As a vacation. A, as a vacation. Not a run. Not a race. Where would you choose? I think I'd choose Iceland. Ah, uh, that's a popular answer, actually. Very popular. <laughs> and there's lots of races there, too. Yeah, <laughs> there are. Yeah. Yeah. But not going there for a race, just for for fun. For fun. Cool. Great. Well, thank you so much, Kat. Yeah, thank you. It's great talking to you, too. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. nice having you on the podcast. Thank you. Enjoy the summer. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. There you have it. The top Canadian finisher at the 2021 Western States, Kat Drew of BC. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Glad we had her on. She had quite the interesting ordeal, but she compared both 2019 and 2021, which is a interesting comparison. And she found out that she just has this mental toughness that perhaps I wasn't there before, That's but now right. now she knows it's there. Yeah, because once you once you cross that threshold of what have I got left? You can always say, well, I've done this before and I'm going to be stronger next time. Mm. Yeah, she learned a lot and uh, can't wait to hear or see what she does next. And that concludes our Canadian Trail to Western States 2021. That's right. We had, I think, nine in total. Yeah. Nine guests in total. Cool. And what do you think, guys? Should we do it again for next year? Let us know in the comments. Cheers. Ooh, that was quite the marathon. Thanks for listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Please visit us at gotarunracing.com for more information on our events or simply drop us an email at gotarunracing at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel to stream the video version of this episode. Oh, and if you like my voice, check me out at tylerherchuk.ca. T-Y-L-E-R-H-Y-R-C-H-U-K. Gotta run!